0: G'day community and welcome to JRBBL Podcast. Finals time is upon us and to dive into the finals with me is, as always, Azza. How you doing, mate?
1: I am fantastic. Looking forward to the next couple of games and the final series ahead, mate.
0: And Dil, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, well,
2: thanks, Damo. Not long left now, so yeah, all guns blazing.
0: Now... I'd be lying if I expected this podcast to be a long one. I'm just thinking we look at the must-haves for this finals week, these two games, and then look at potential strategies, potentially to get the best scores. So, as we'll start with you. Mm. Who do you see as the must-have players for this finals week?
1: Well, for me, it's, it is, it's all going to be about the bat. Bowler, all rounder types. We've seen them out throughout the season. That they're the ones that are, um, you know, highest averaging and scoring really well. So for me, I'm looking at uh, minus Labuschagne. You know, he's averaging 105.3 after three games, absolutely dominating with bat and ball. So he's firmly entrenched in my side. And the other one that uh, I really like is Jai Richardson. Has been a bit down on form, but, you know, over the course of the season, averaging 73.4. And, of course, looking at those all-important stats against the Sydney Sixers, he's done phenomenally well. Uh, in the last five games that he's played against the Sixers, he's had a century in three of those instances. So he's another one that's firmly locked into my side. What about you, Dill? who is locked into your team?
2: Yeah, those two that you mentioned. And then I've got two others. One is Liam Livingston for the reasons that you outlined, Ray um, Manus But So he bowls a few overs here and there of, of spin and opens to batting. So he's a big tick. And the other one is Sean Abbott. I think he's a quality player, um, has thrived in the big bash over the years. And he's um, he's another one of those names that we've mentioned that I think he's an absolute must-have this week. And yourself, Domo.
0: You pretty much mentioned everyone that's locked into my side, but I'm going to add in someone else and say Chris Lynn. They're playing at the Gabba. Chris Lynn loves the Gabba. He's been in form since he returned from his hamstring injury, and positively, he hasn't returned a score this year lower than twenty points, and no, and nothing lower than thirty-seven since he returned from injury. So I think he is a must-have, despite being a bat only. I'm
2: gonna throw a question. Sorry, no, has I No, no, I'm you go first. A, a question, Ray Lynn. Is Lynn one that you would look to loophole, given he is a bat only, or do you just back him in and say, you know, he's averaging 67 points in the season, he's been quality, we're just going to back him on field, and we'll loophole someone like a Peter Siddle or a Travis Head type player, or do we go, his role is still only bat only, and we'll loophole him?
0: I am putting him on field purely as a reward for form. I am loopholing, as you said, Travis Head, just because... The form hasn't been there just yet, but being a bat only and will bat at three, he. Um, tra- sorry, Travis Head's a bat bowl, so he will bowl a couple of overs potentially, but his form hasn't been there since he returned from the test side, but he will always bat at three. Yeah, now, awesome. look-
1: now looking at form, do we look at um, past form against. Team, So, for example, Chris Lynn against the Adelaide Strikers hasn't done really that well. His round 11 match only scored 37, and then looking back in the history books again, got a 0, a 33, and a 10 against the Adelaide Strikers. Do we read into that uh, at all, Damo?
0: You could do, and I've done that for a few players, but I just think last year Chris Lynn's form really wasn't. That great, so I feel like last year was just a down year for him. And at the Gabba, I think Vani is just as important as opponent as as well. So I think at the Gabba, he should do all right.
2: And the other thing with Lenny's, Australia's just released squads for the Test series against South Africa and the shorter form series against New Zealand. Lynn was one that wasn't in that, rightly or wrongly. So I think he'll come out with a point to prove. It's finals time as well. We see the big guns dive on the big stage. So Lenny's one I've definitely got in, at my, in my team at the moment. He is being loopholed, but that could change.
0: Who's unsafe in your team at the moment? Who's, who's someone who you might decide doesn't deserve a spot in your side once, 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 once it's all happening?
2: Hmm. Peter Siddle's one that, he's he's there at the moment, but I think there's a few guys. Siddle, um, Berendorf's another one, AJ Ty's another one that could all sort of slot into that bowling bowling setup. So Siddle's maybe one of them. Um, Mitch Swepson's there at the, at the moment as a discounted um, bowler. He's only 113 grand, but yeah, it's hard to know.
0: With Siddle, I feel like he's one that you could loophole because he doesn't seem to have a middle ground. He either seems to score 3 or 93 um, with very few scores in the middle. So I think he's a perfect loophole option because he's either on or he's off. Yeah,
1: and I totally agree with that. You look at um, his past form over the years, you see those low scores of 5, 7, and 5, and it does ring some alarm bells, and um, it is probably one that I will may look at. Uh, For me, at the moment, I've got Mitch Swepson on the bench uh, as my loophole, because I've just gone for those sort of mid-range, cheaper players and really focusing on getting the premium players on field. But if people do have that um, ability to have that level of catch then yeah, Siddle would be one that I'd be all over on the bench, looping him. I reckon that's a great strategy to go for.
0: Who have we got in our wicket-keeper position? Only because there's a few to choose from. You've got Josh Felipe, you've got Alex Carey, you've got Josh Inglis, and then you've also got Jimmy Pearson. Now, I don't think Jimmy Pearson will be too popular, although he does have the chance to go big if we do loophole him. What's What have people got set up there?
1: Well, at the moment, I've got um, Josh Felipe on field with Carey on the bench. So I'm going to take that look at Carey's score, given that uh, he plays first against the Brisbane Heat, and see what happens there. And if Carey really fires, then I can loop in um, Burtis from my batsman line into the wicketkeeper's position to allow then Felipe to take place in my batsman's position. I have really considered Josh Inglis as well over Josh Felipe. Felipe is a little bit out of form in these past few rounds. Whereas, you know, looking at the form against with jo- um, Josh Inglis against um, the sixes, it is quite consistent is really good. And there is a hundred in there as well. So he is one that I'm really considering as well, given that this is the round where you really want to maybe consider those points of difference uh, other than, just having the same old team where we're going to really see a lot of the people go for Josh Felipe. But again, if he does score really well as he has in the past, then it is something that I might miss out on, but it is a bit of a bit of a sort of a to and fro at the moment, but at the moment, Felipe is within sorry, I should say Felipe is on with English really being a, um, a draw card for me, maybe considering him as that point of difference.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty similar to what Azza um, has at the moment. I've got Philippa into Carey, um, so Carey's my loophole on the bench. Inglis is one that I prefer Filipe purely because he opens the batting. Inglis is down at four, so if the to top order fire, Inglis might have limited opportunity. But having said that, there's about 40 grand difference between them, so that could be an easy way to get another 40k to upgrade someone else around the ground if you've got one of your loopholes in your bat or your bowl that don't don't work out and you actually need to have another player.
0: 100%. And we'll look towards the next game with the Thunder. So the Thunder will play the winner of the Strikers' uh, strikers Heat game. Who who from the Thunder do we need to look at?
1: Well, I guess we're really all going to be um, crossing our fingers and toes for Daniel Sams. Uh, has been out in the last few weeks with an injury. Could potentially... Um, make an appearance in the finals, yet to be seen. We haven't really heard any information from the Thunder, but given that it's still about that game's a week away, there is all the chance that he could uh, be in that. So he's going to be one that I'll be looking at heavily uh, if he's up firing, ready to go for that game.
2: Yeah, Sam's is definitely the one for me. And then after that, I think Alex Hales, is, he'll be in most sides, um, purely for what he can do. And if he fails, then I think most teams will own him anyway. So it's not too... Too much of a big deal, but after that, you've got a lot of guys: Tenby Sanger, um, Nathan McAndrew, Chris Green, um, Adam Milne. These guys, that it, it's really—they're all much of a muchness. And on the day, it's about getting—you know—who will fire in that in that next final, and it, it's really hard to pick. To be honest, I like Ben Cutting as an option, um, but I mean, if Sam's is back, that downgrades his value as well. There's not too many must-haves for the Thunder, I don't think.
1: But what I will. What I will add into um, looking at that Thunder game as well, I'd really be recommending for any of those super coach, um, coaches out there to really look at putting um, either the Sixes or um, or Scorches 42K players on your field. Because there is going to be that buy between those players, you'll be able to keep them in your side. But looking ahead to the um, the Thunder and potentially, say for example, if it is going to be the Adelaide Strikers that make it, there's only one 42,000 player in that in that mix. If we, you know, look at Brisbane, it does. There is a bit more at the 42,000 mark, but you really do want to be considering that if you know if, if um, Brisbane Heat don't make it, then you're not going to really have that lot of choice, and you could be losing a bit of point, a uh, bit of cash if you look at that. So for anybody out there listening today. Really look at those sixes and scorches as your loophole options, and that way you can keep them into that next round. I think that's going to be really important for people because every dollar is going to be really worth it uh, in those coming weeks.
0: Let's talk about Dan Christian. He didn't bowl in the game against the Stars, and he bats at six. Let's say the top order of of the sixes go quite well, and he doesn't bowl. That is a disaster for any team. Is there merit in leaving him out of your side?
1: No, I don't really think there is any merit leaving him out. I think we really need to take the game against the stars with a bit of a grain of salt, given that, uh, the Sixers got that bash boost. The game essentially became a bit of a dead rubber because the Sixers launched to the uh, top of the ladder, and then the Stars couldn't make the final. So I really think that while we can't uh, be one hundred percent sure on it, but I think the uh, the Sixers maybe look to change their bowling lineup in those last ten overs. Give Brathwaite the four overs to see what he was like as a death bowler. Didn't work out. That's probably why Christian got a bit of a rest. He's he's already said in a press conference um today that his body's absolutely fine it was just a tactical measure that he didn't bowl you know see any sickness have an embarrassment of riches in their bowling stocks but you know moses probably bowled the best in the first overs to get that bash boost so i'm still looking at having christian in my side he's a damaging player he knows he's a final specialist we look at him in previous uh finals matches you know not only just in bbl for the renegades but overseas as well. He's done phenomenally well. So there's really no way that I can leave him out of my side. And I think uh, for anyone out there, I'd be very <laughs> hesitant to suggest to leave him out.
2: Yeah, I think as it's spot on there, it, just looking at the bowling card from last for last game for the Sixers, Jackson Bird bowling over, um, got a bit of stick. O'Keefe was really good. Dwarches was really good. But after that, oh, Abbott was pretty good as well. Ball got smashed and Brathway got smashed. Dan Christian's one of the most experienced players around the world, um, and and he's shown he's he's one of the most informed players in the competition too. I think he'll be back to bowling, um, especially those death overs and and in the power surge. So for me, he's close to a must-have. Um, there is a little asterisk, I guess, but gee, you'd be you'd be a bold man to not pick him um, for him to then bowl three or four overs and and bat in the top six again and and hit another. You know, forty nine not out off of twenty balls, sort of thing where he, he gets close to hundred supercoach points. I'm pretty sure as well, just on that on his form in big games, was he the best player in the um in the Vitality Blast final this year?
1: Yeah, that's right. He he yeah. was. Um and again, similarly in the BBL final for the Melbourne Renegades, he was the best supercoach player there. So he is a huge final specialist. Huge grand final specialist. He loves winning those trophies, but yeah, brave man to leave him out.
2: And calm head under pressure as well. We've seen in recent years, you know, the Stars Renegades final comes straight to my mind as a Stars fan, but you get players that just totally capitulate in finals. And, and I think, fingers crossed, Christian isn't one of those guys and, and can stand up on the big stage yet again.
0: Over the year, we have to target players who are going to bring our team value up for this exact moment. Um, but some people have either run into bad luck or haven't been able to get the amount of cash that they need to build the team that they need. So who are the cheap players that we could potentially look at to bolster our side during the finals? I'll name two. Um,
1: Mitchell Swepson's one for me, uh, obviously scored 80 last week, 113k, he's been mentioned in this pod before, he's done really well, averaging 48.7 in the in the three games coming out of the test squad, he's on my bench, he's one that um, I was able to squeeze in with the cash that I have, and the other one um, is similarly, the other player that I've got on my bench is from the Adelaide Strikers, Phil Salt opens the batting, um, has done really well in the past. But the other really thing to consider when we look at it from a statistical point of view is that Brisbane Heat actually concede the most supercoach points. And when they're playing the Adelaide Strikers, there's real opportunity for Salt to capitalize on that. And so that's why he's on my bench. And again, he's similarly under 120,000 and one people could really look at uh, if they're really struggling for cash. What about you, Dil, who's on your cheap list?
2: Yeah, aside from the blokes you've mentioned, Lewis Gregory sort of appeals to me. He's averaging um, just under forty-five and is one hundred and twelve grand. I think you pick Swepson over Gregory, but Gregory does have that potential to bowl and to bat. Um, so he's one that I guess you could look at. And then after that, I think it's you sort of have to look at an underperforming player. So as you said, Phil Salt, Max Bryant's another one that opens the batting and is pretty cheap. Um, Dan Hughes is only fifty k. He's horribly out of form, but you know if you could. If you if it's a hail mary play, he might be one that's worth looking at. Um, Farward Armid's a favourite of mine, but I think there's probably enough other options um, ahead of him. Ideally, by now most people have have enough cash to pick. You know, pretty decent players. Um, worst case scenario, you have to go one or two cheapies um, to either loop or to or to use as a last minute in that second Scorchers sixes game. But hopefully, by now most teams have um, have enough cash to pick most of the players that they'd ideally want to pick. Damo, have you got any cheapies that you're sort of looking at?
0: There are two that immediately catch my eye when I have a look at it. You're looking at Aaron Hardy at 77 K. He the scorches seem to love him and give him at least three overs a game. His overs aren't all that economical, but he does get wickets. So Assuming he gets a wicket and a little bit of a bat, because because he is also an all-rounder, he could score you 30, 35 points. At 77K, you'd take 35 points. The other person is Carlos Brathwaite. 116K, usually will bowl three or four overs. Once again, he can either be really economical or not economical at, at, at all but it's very rare to see him not get at least one wicket
1: does mitch marsh I- interest anyone
2: not really for me i think there's enough other options he's not bowling so he's only he's a bat only and he seems to be batting at at 5 um yes sixes are a solid bowling outfit so that top order could fail but I just think Marsh. It, look, if you need a discounted player, um, he's definitely an option. But I'm in in a pretty um, luxurious position that I don't that I have enough money for other players. Um, Swepton's sort of my cheap cheap option, and I think he's a far better selection than than Marsh at that price. You could consider him, um, but especially given he's got that second game, you can't loop him off the bench, so you'd have to field him. Um, I'm steering clear of him, but. You know, if you need someone at that price, then I guess he's not hes not the worst option. Another name that we haven't touched on um, is Joe Denley. Does that appeal to anyone at all?
1: No, I look, like I, I, I can't really pick him um, just because of his form. But if you ask really struggling, uh, he would be definitely one to, to consider. But I would probably be looking at someone like Aaron Hardy or um, even Ashton Turner over at Joe um, Denley.
0: And that is it for episode 11 of BBL podcast. We might be able to squeeze in one more podcast before the end of the finals series, hopefully before the grand final between the winner of the Sixers-Scorchers game and whoever decides to rise to the challenge. Any final thoughts, Dil or Azza?
2: Good luck for this week. I think it's, I personally think we were saying this um, off air, but I think it's one of the hardest weeks um, for the SuperCoach Big Bash season, purely because throughout the season you've got eight teams and, and now it's down to four, but there's not as necessarily as many must-haves, so it can be a week where you can either rise up the rankings heaps or where you drop. So, fingers crossed, everyone has a good week um, and it's an upwards and, and forward.
1: Yep, exactly. This echoing those thoughts. Have fun, Super Coaches. Finals are here. If you're really uh, looking to power up the rankings, maybe look at a pod. If you're up, you know, in the In the top 200, fantastic, great work. We'll we'll be barracking for all of those challenging for the number one position. Best of luck to all the super coaches out there. And, yes, have some fun.